Week two is in the books. Dave, what were your thoughts on me going 4-0-1? No, let's not, not start that way. No, no, no. Let's start that's, with... That's a low blow. Tr- that's a low blow. <laughs> let's let's start with uh, a little excitement in Rallywood, where we're, we're, we're talking a November 5th and uh, 7th trip to come see uh, Mr. Wolf. Is this in the cards, Dave? Please tell me more. Uh, the, the tickets have been booked. You know, I think we should look into maybe finding the, the largest and wildest bar in Raleigh. And we'll do we'll do a live edition of the podcast to thousands of thousands of adoring fans. I think that's that's definitely the, the way to go. A, a live a live show is going to go over really well with the fans. Yeah, no, we're uh, looking forward to that. I know Hunter is going to be buying tickets. NC State versus the U, right? Miami Hurricanes coming into yep. town. Yep. The U is back, or they will they will be up until we purchase the tickets, and then they will probably lose every game until the uh, the matchup there in November. Is NC State even any good? I haven't followed enough. Uh, they're struggling a bit, I would say. You know, they lost their quarterback to the portal NFL level quarterback Devin Leary. He he transferred to Kentucky. Um, so they're definitely struggling a bit. They played Notre Dame tough for about three quarters, and then ultimately got smoked. But, you know, you never know that, that Rollywood home field advantage. You never know. The, the Mr. Wolf, Wolfpack faithful. Well, we're looking forward to that. We got a lot to talk about today on our show. Let's go into our fan zone experience. So let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Chiefs running game. Could we see more? Pacheco, 12 rushes, 70 yards. Certainly, like- certainly outpaced his output in week one. You know, I wonder, wonder if that was a little bit of a reaction to the, shall we say, charitably uneven reliability of the receivers in, in week one. So, But, I, but I guess like- my question, though, my counter to that is, why did we see so many passes at the start of the game? I, I, I hear you, know, you on the wide receivers piece, right? But... Was he trying to get them comfortable for then to set up the run? You, you know, Andy Reid is very pass heavy. I, I think he also, you know, I think he probably assumed that that's what the Jaguars would expect him to do is to, to come out and, and run the football a little bit more, given those issues in week one. So maybe he's trying to a little bit of a mind games with his old protege, Doug Peterson, trying to get a, you know, go catch him a little off guard. I you know, I don't think it really mattered if the if the Jaguars offense was going to struggle against that Chiefs defense the way they did all day. Then I, I don't think it really mattered if he called 70 passes or 70 runs. I think the Chiefs are going to find a way to get the job done. I think they're, they're not going to lose too many games if they give up nine points. No, per game no, forward. absolutely not. And if we get the pass rush, pass rush like we 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 had with Chris Jones, Carl Loftus, I, I like King Felix. From K-State, the rookie, I think he just adds another element of just speed on the outside as well. Chris Jones, welcome back. One, one and a half sacks, four like team never, sacks for the team. Yeah, no, I mean, he's... It was, like he was never, it was like he was never gone. He obviously did a good job of staying in shape there during that holdout. You know, I don't... I know that he was on a bit of a pitch count. I, I did not see how many snaps he ended up logging, but it looked like they had claimed it was going to be about 15 or 20. I'm pretty sure he blew past them. I believe so. By the third quarter easily. Correct. And 
I think Brett Veach has done a great job of just rebuilding this defense. I think it actually right now with the offense is allowing them to really figure it out uh, on offense. I do not feel like Mahomes receivers, even with Kelsey back this week, we're really on the same page. I mean, you got Nick Bolton, you got Willie Gay, great cover linebackers. Leo Chanel, great second year linebacker out of Wisconsin. You added Drew Tranquil in free agency. I like the just coverage. I mean, he had Chanel even rushing the passer, which was kind of surprising me, but he's he's a freak athlete. Even on the back end, secondary, I think, you know, McDuffie was a steal. Thank goodness we we traded Absolutely. up. Well, you know, the Bills wanted them. You could see the videos when the Chiefs traded up. They're like in shock. So I really think they built that defense to complement the Chiefs offense. I do want to go on a quick little rant, though. My special the, the special teams has just been a nightmare since I, going back to 2022 last year. I looked up DVOA last year said they were 16th. I felt like they were 32nd. Again, Richie James, bring him in free agency from the Giants. His job is to catch the punts. You know, last year we had Sky Moore try it, never did it in his career in, in college at Western Michigan. So I don't understand what Dave Tobe is doing. It seems. Like, this has been an ongoing issue, and we can't solve it. I thought that was supposed to be a strength, and it continues to just add. Thank goodness to the defense, but just field position is so key, and Richie James, again, fumbles the ball. I mean, do, do you have any thoughts? I mean, you know, on, on this. I mean, it, 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 put, it puts a lot more pressure on that defense. It puts pressure on the offense. You did, you know, you, you're definitely correct in that they did not necessarily look still like the Chiefs offense we expect. But one thing that has um, allowed them to continue to stay in at least the first game and to control this game is while they haven't necessarily been that explosive Chiefs offense moving it up and down the field, they have really done a good job. And, you know, this is... Obviously, there are some nitpicks about the offensive line, the right tackle, Jawan Taylor, some penalties, but they have done a good job in that the, the Chiefs lead the league in uh, the fewest amount of negative yardage plays on offense. Only five five plays out of 123 snaps have That's gone for stat. negative yardage. So that is that has enabled them to at least control possession, stay ahead of the chains a little bit, and you know enable them to uh, overcome some of those field position issues. And at the very least, even if they're not you know, marching up and down the field, pump the ball back, let the defense get the ball in, in favorable field position for them I, and, and control games. And I don't have an issue with Townsend or Butker. They're, they've been great, but it's that punt return. I don't know what's going on. That There's been penalties. You can't catch the darn ball. I mean, it's just a, a flip in the field position or can cause just – Missed opportunities for the offense. Like you said, you know, if they're not giving up negative yards, keep the offense on the field so the defense can stay fresh. Anyway, that's my rant. I, I've just been been yelling at my TV every week, I feel like, just talking about the special teams. Dave Tobe, like, get a headset, figure it out. I don't know, you know, for him. But moving on, Dallas Cowboys, New York Jets this past weekend. Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson. We know. But – Go ahead, Dave. What were your thoughts? I mean, the number one thought is I think what most people would think is Mike Parsons is just a game maker out there. I mean, just completely dominated that game. Took a took a long time, you know, multiple time all pro, several time 
Pro Bowl left tackle in Dwayne Brown and just absolutely destroyed him on virtually every snap except for those where they do kind of switch uh, Parsons and Van Der Esch and then they have they have Parsons go inside, you know, line up over the the guard mm. and attack them where he also destroyed them as well. He had two sacks in that game. I think four or five hurries. He could have had several more sacks. I mean, he just absolutely dominated that game. It's it's insane to see a defensive player just completely and utterly control games. So that's a pretty obvious takeaway. The other takeaway for me was on offense. Um, you're seeing, you're starting to see Mark, Mike McCarthy's changes to that offense. You know, one thing that really stood out to me is they they lined up quite a bit in ten personnel, which for our novice listeners out there is uh, one running back zero tight ends four wide receivers okay. brandon cooks missed the game with an injury they still try to that personnel out there quite a bit with with gallup and cd lamb and Cavante turpin and they put deuce deuce vaughn there as the running back in both 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 possessions that they ran out in 10 personnel they used the the small running back himself deuce vaughn as the running back and so, I mean, I think that's you seeing the, the philosophy, which is, you know, shorter passes, get them, get the ball to twitchy guys in space and let them operate. You know, the, the Cowboys lead the league this year so far in the usage of 10 personnel and that which from in the last four years leading up to this year and the those four years that Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator, they only lined up in at 28 snaps out of 4,500 plays. So, you know, you're seeing it. So to go from that with to leading the league and this season is a pretty dramatic difference. Do do you feel like McCarthy just is comfortable, uh, you know, with your, your guys' leaders on offense and defense. Now he's just more comfortable. seems like the plays are getting in earlier. Dak's got a command of, of that offense more so, or certainly, I mean, you know, you saw Tony Romo commenting on it multiple times during that game on Sunday, how quickly the plays were getting in there. It, it did sort of start to feel like over time that Kellen Moore was overthinking things a little bit and maybe just wanted the perfect play every single time. And that, Definitely led to the plays getting called in a little slower. Um, you're seeing McCarthy wants to to get get that play in there as quickly as possible, break that huddle as quickly as possible, and he understands he has an incredibly intelligent, you know, high IQ quarterback in Dak. And the quicker they get out of that huddle, the more time it is for him to diagnose the formations on the other side. And again, you know, they're they're not necessarily trying all while Dak still is is definitely willing to make those tight window throws and he's one of the best in the league at doing it he's McCarthy is putting him in more situations where it's it's more easy throws you know get the ball to your athletes in space and let them make plays after the catch for them where the Kellen Moore offense it seemed all too often was you know the play is going to end at the the point of the reception either as an incompletion or a catch there's not going to be anything it's it relies on an incredibly tight window and perfect throws perfect routes perfect timing uh and mccarthy definitely seems to be tired of that um you know and, that's and it, one of the it seems that, like is that meshing kind of that college thought of the speed you know going into basically well, it's, it's that and you know it's that in his his west coast offense yeah. background this is certainly not a traditional west coast comp offense they're they've taken to call it the texas coast offense which i don't think makes very much sense if you're going <laughs> to do it that call it the gulf coast offense i don't sure. really i don't know why that, they, they do have great okay. white beaches honestly yes. on the gulf coast but so 
what are your thoughts? And I, you know, DraftKings has Micah Parsons for most valuable player right now at plus 5,000. If I, mean, I were to, if he stays healthy all 17 games and the quarterbacks, they've been meh, you know, not bad. I mean, Dak obviously could be in the conversation, but if, if Parsons continues this, it's not an outside chance. He could be the first most valuable player since Lawrence Taylor. You know, and and that would, of course, be fitting because I think that's a lot of people's main comp for him, maybe not necessarily in terms of purely as an, an athletic apples-to-apples apples thing, but in terms of the effect that he has on the game and what he's able to do there. Uh, obviously, it's you're never going to say that it's likely for a defensive player to win MVP in this 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 sort of style of NFL that we have in this media environment where we tend to over-focus on the quarterbacks. But if ever there was a year, if ever there was a set of quarterbacks, and if ever there was a player, a defensive player that was going to do it, it would certainly be this year oh. where obviously everyone knows Mahomes is the best, but they're not going to be impressed enough to vote for him uh, You know, with uh, if he doesn't have quite the same eye-popping stats. And, and honestly, for the odds, I mean, I'm just looking at this. I, haven't, I yeah. swear I've not had one drink tonight. Deshaun Watson's at plus 2,800. Jared Goff's yeah. at four, plus 4,500. Right. And you like, can say Parsons is you know, same odds as Tyreek Hill. I, I mean, I think those two would be a pretty good bet. Obviously, if Hill has a big year, it's going to be Tua, who Tua right now is plus 600. He's the wow. lead. You know, he, so just throwing that out there, DraftKings has that plus 5,000. I think that would be worth it. 50 bucks and just throw and see what the odds about it. Not a bad use of if you're ever going to throw it down on someone plus 5,000, I would say Parsons is the one to do it on in this sort of year that it looks like we have at least early on. If he stays healthy, you know, the numbers are going to be eye popping. And, you know, I, you can't watch a Cowboys game without seeing him just completely and utterly take it over. So uh, yeah. it's not, not a bad flyer to, to, to throw some money down on. I, I think the, you know, one last thing just about Parsons and I, I think we can then move on it for me is I, you can compare him to Lawrence Taylor, but the, the man can just be anywhere on the D line can be anywhere in coverage as a linebacker. You could probably put him at cornerback and he could probably cover a wide receiver. It, 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 I don't know if there's a real comparison, not in a bad way, in, in a great way where what he's done coming out of Penn State, Jerry Jones has just been hit, hitting on some some players here that let's let's not give the Jones family too much well, credit. You got to give them a little for, credit, right? Except, like, you know. except for that they enable Will McClay, the director of of player personnel, who is essentially the the real GM of of the team to. They let him have broadly way to control those d drafts, and you know he's had a couple of misses, Taco. Taco yeah. Charlton, big, big one of them over taking him over TJ Watt, but he's hit on a lot of guys and, you know, you have to give Dan Quinn some credit as well. You know, that is not nobody when Michael Parsons was drafted thought that, you know, he was going to sit there and, and become a, a basically a dominant edge rusher. And Dan Quinn took over and said that I can turn that guy into an edge rusher. And he was right. I think just as a coach, you're you're dealt, you know, the the hand that you're given. So basically Quinn looked at him and said, I can make this guy into whatever I really want to, you know, mesh him into. I think that's just 
Dan Quinn's a, a great uh, head coach. I mean, that's probably why McCarthy's just such in the flow. I feel like he because he's just got a great staff. He's just got a, a just great opportunity. I think this year where you guys stay healthy, it's it's going to be a, a great time. I think what in three or four weeks you guys play the 49ers. I mean, that's going to be That'll a be great. Week five, yeah, yeah, week and five. Next, so next- it's. Next two games for the Cowboys are Cardinals and then Patriots. Then week five, Sunday night football is in, in San Francisco against the 49ers. That's, you know, you could be looking at two 4-0 teams, probably at worst two 3-1 teams coming into that game. Should be a hell of a game. Oh, Mike, look at Brock. Brock versus <laughs> Dak. I love it. Oh, Mike, here we are. All right, let's go over week two review. Surprises. Washington Commanders are 2-0 on the season. What a comeback against the Denver Broncos. The wild game. They they started out terribly, and then that defensive line of the of the Commanders really took over. You know, you could argue that's up there, maybe the best defensive line in the whole league. But definitely a collapse by the Broncos. You know, they, they hit the Hail Mary at the end, and then Commanders get away with a pretty clear... DPI on the two point conversion. Yeah, it um, was pretty to, clear to, to come away with that victory, but the, it's been a good start for them, you know, especially, you know, all the adversity in the off season, all the controversy. I, I don't think that Sam Howell has looked great. He's looked, had some stretches, made some nice throws in the second half on Sunday, but you know, for them to be sitting there two and oh, they, it's not the craziest schedule they've played but that's they have to be thrilled with that they're still right there in the conversation with the Cowboys and the Eagles in that division well and also I think the enemy's been great for the the goodness almost said the word for not the commanders (laughs) the Washington football team yeah 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 which I actually like more so than the commanders anyways 18 carries 87 yards for Brian Robinson two touchdowns See, I, I think that's what's kind of missing, and I don't want to go back to the Chiefs, but you know, we got Matt Nagy kind of calling the plays with Andy Reid. Being to me, I think was more so, you know, maybe a little more run oriented. I think that's what we're missing, but I think he understands just kind of what the Commanders need. You know, when we talk about their next week opponent, I think again they're going to try. I think it's the Bills to to run, 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 and and also I will say Russell Wilson. There are reports out that he is struggling to get the plays called. He, Sean Payton's been like, you need to get a wristband. The, the plays are just not coming in quick enough kind of thing. I mean, it just seems like that experiment is going to last a few more games, and Jared Stidham is going to come in and have an opportunity. Every loss is just another opportunity to be like, Russ, sorry, man. I mean, I, I would even try to go for Caleb Williams at, at some point if they're going to continue. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I can see that if they keep losing, but I don't think if they're losing and Russell Wilson is putting up the stat line that he did on Sunday. Now, granted, you know, they didn't win, so it's whatever. I can't see Peyton feeling like he has the the leeway to to make that move if he's still throwing for 300 yards and two touchdowns a game. Now, if he looks a little bit more like he did in Week One, then we could see that. I, I just I also think that Sean Payton isn't a dummy and he already is aware that Jared Stidham is not the answer. If you were sitting there and there was a little bit more accomplished backup or a young, really promising kid sitting behind Russ, I, I would be a little 
a little more amenable to that, but I think that would be pretty dumb. And yes, maybe they would do it to, to tank for Caleb Williams, but is Sean Payton really the type of person with his ego that wants to have his first year back, his big return back to the sport consist of him, you know, tanking and going three and 14? No. I don't know if his ego can no. handle that. No, I, I don't think so either. Buccaneers are 2-0. and Baker Mayfield and that defense, they beat the Bears last week. You think the Browns are kind of having buyer buyer's remorse with, with Deshaun? I mean, I, I mean I we're, we're going to discuss him on you know later on, but Baker looks efficient enough. They still have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I mean that offense, you know, is good enough. I, it's an impressive start. I think Todd Bowles has done a great job. He has, and you know, we talked about this a little bit last week. I think it was it was a little bit. It, we're we're all clicked around on Baker Mayfield, but as we said last week, it was a little foolish to to treat him as if he was you know a scrub who can't do anything. And he's he's played like he's had a chip on his shoulder, like someone who, quite frankly, was concerned this could be his last stop in the NFL. You know, he played for four teams or something in the last three years, so he's he's played really well. Another mistake I think people were making was just forgetting how damn good Mike Evans is when he's healthy. He had he's... a little bit of an uneven year last year, but he was injured a lot. And I think people sort of thought that meant he was done, but he had a huge game on Sunday, six, six catches, 171 yards and a touchdown. He's still one of the best five or 10 receivers I... in the league. And Baker Mayfield knows it. And you know, he's, he's taking advantage of that. I think we, we forget how good Mike Evans is. Yes, his to be yeah, quite I mean, frank. I think we we've he's been in the league for a long time. I think he is is very good. His catch radius. I mean, he's 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 been consistently very good. You're talking about someone who's already in the top twenty five all time and and receiving touchdowns, and he's only thirty years old just last month. So wow. definitely, you know, has has a it's tough for wide receivers to get in the Hall of Fame. But if he can keep stringing together years like this, moving into his 30s, he's he's got a chance. And like you said, Todd Bowles has done a great job. We know what he can do defensively. It seems like, you know, for whatever reason, it, it seems like you, you wouldn't necessarily think this would be logical with Brady leaving. But it, it seems like he's almost. To me, it seems like he's he's. Free had more time relief. To, he's he's had more time to coach the defense. It, it feels mm. like they they were a little inconsistent last year. I'm not sure if you know maybe maybe Todd Bowles was really you know we know there was some issues in that relationship between Westwich, the OC, and Brady yeah. and Bowles. So exactly, who knows? Maybe he he felt like he had to focus more on the offense last year, and he's he's feeling more comfortable now. But he's done a great job, and I. We've talked all season so far about that division is not going to be the strongest in the whole world. There's no reason I think they can't win it. I think it'll be come down to them and the Saints. I think the Saints defense is just shown to be very good. Derek Carr, up and down, not too bad. I think that goes to our next surprise with seven NFC teams are 2-0. and I think that shows kind of where the league is right now. The NFC is stronger than the AFC. Obviously, we're yes. two weeks in. It's still pump the brakes, but that is impressive to have seven NFC teams at two and zero. Uh, certainly, I think if you know if someone had told us that 
through through two weeks of the season, seven NFC teams would be two and zero. Not a one of them would be in the NFC North, and the Vikings would be zero and two. You know, I, I think we would have been hard pressed to believe that. I think it was we all generally thought with that quarterback exodus in the last few years with retirements and moving conferences that you know uh, the NFC looked like maybe had two great quarterbacks in the NFC East and that's about it. Um, but they've, they've had some guys step up. Geno Smith has played pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, as we mentioned, Baker Mayfield playing well, New Orleans defense playing well, you know, overcoming some things, but it is early, but definitely right now it looks like a lot of, a lot of strong teams in the NFC and the, the AFC definitely is struggling so far. And you got the Atlanta Falcons at 2-0. Bajan, man, is just unreal. Ritter's been okay. Decent. Even our next surprise, the LA Rams at 1-1. I think McVay's done a great job. Stafford is back. That defense is competent. You know, they competed the entire, I think, four quarters against the 49ers. A darn good 49ers team. I thought it was kind of funny that field goal at the end to cover basically, you know, a lot of people had seven and a half for the 49ers and, and the Rams kick that field goal, you know, down 10 with four seconds left. And McVay had to give this whole thing about, Oh, Vegas people are upset. But I think that team has been a pretty, pretty big surprise. Just kind of with all the new pieces, Cooper cups out, they got that guy Puka Nuka or Naku, right? And I'm gonna butcher his name every time. <laughs> yeah, he's Puka he's Nakua. The... Puka Nakua. Puka 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 Puka. <laughs> and then we have Anthony Richardson. He's been terrific. He really has. You know, obviously gets hurt, suffers the concussion on a really unfortunate play right after scoring his second touchdown on Sunday. We'll see what his status is for, for this Sunday's game for them against against the Ravens, but I, I've been impressed with him. I mean, I obviously I think we we all knew what a special athlete he was. So you know I him scrambling and running for touchdowns doesn't necessarily stun me, but he by no means does he look like Dan Marino out there throwing the football, but he looks better than I expected given his his real lack of high level call college football experience and really his lack of football experience. He's, Ah. he's looked surprisingly competent and you got to give that, that coaching staff, especially on the offensive side, Jim Bob Cooter, the the OC, you got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, I think it kind of shows what the Eagles somewhat are missing on offense a little bit. You know, that there was that whole piece with DeAndre Swift. I mean, he had a lot of carries, but just didn't look in sync. You obviously, if AJ Brown's not getting targets, he's going to be upset no matter the score. He just is who he is. I mean, he he's very good, but he looks comfortable enough. I mean, we're going into our disappointments now, and first and foremost is Justin Fields. I mean, are are we hitting the end of the road here? I mean, I don't want to play any boys to men here, but there's some just clips that are just alarming how he's running into sacks. I mean, I know that was happening last year, but it's just, it's getting ugly. He was, he was really bad on, on Sunday and, you know, he didn't look great watching, watching the live broadcast, but you know, as a a lot of the film coming out makes it look even worse. I don't, by no means someone that someone that talented who still has a lot of positive attributes, he's gonna get 
another chance, but I do think the Bears honestly might be heading towards like a 2-15 and 15 type situation. And if they do, you know, they'd be foolish to not take Caleb Williams. They, they've they seen, you know, if this was maybe Fields' – if this was his second season, I could maybe – understand let's let's give it another chance but you can't keep passing on the number one pick you know you can't keep you especially with someone out there Caleb Williams who's already proven more you know as a passer than Justin Fields had coming out or has to this point I think you know I I think they'd be foolish to not move on after this year if they get one of those top two top three draft picks it's a much better quarterback draft this year than it was last year so I I think if things don't turn around in a hurry I think he's not done in the NFL but I think he probably will be done in Chicago and there's a lot of talk about Luke Getz and his play calling as well I think he called two or three consecutive screenplays same play that, towards that the end screen of the game. Play, just that not, screenplay in their own end zone was coming out of their own end zone was a that was yikes disaster. Big time. Next disappointment for me, at least, uh, Dave might be proving me wrong this this week is the New England Patriots. Uh, they're just living for me in the the land of mediocrity. They're getting down in games early, having to call their way back. Their wide receivers just uh, to me are not good enough. Born. He's pretty good. I like Ramondi Stevenson. Mac Jones is Mac Jones. I do like Bill O'Brien coming on board. I just don't see enough. Dave, what are your thoughts? Tell me I'm wrong, please. I mean, I think anyone who knows me knows that I'm well established as the world's biggest New England Patriots hater, and I love and I love to poke holes in everything that they do and completely undercut them at all times. Although I, I will say that has gone down quite a bit since I escaped the hellhole that is living in <laughs> new England. But I will, I will say obviously Owen two isn't great, but you know, you sit there, I, I don't know of a single team that has played two better teams than the Eagles and the dolphins. Fair. They lost, they were in both games. You know, they, they dug themselves a, a bit of a hole in the beginning of each game. They clawed back in it. They had a chance to either force overtime or win both games late in the last two minutes of the games. Matt Jones started slow in each game, but he, in the second half, he, I thought he played really well in, in each game so far. You know, he played well against the Eagles in the second half, he played well against the Dolphins in the second half, and those are two pretty good defenses as well. So I, I do I like there, the defense. Yeah, I do like the defense too. But yeah, you're right. The Dolphins and, and the Eagles have uh, are two very good defenses. Now, if you're, if you're looking to sort of poke to, to, rebut me it's to say that you know if you look at those those next six games it's jets cowboys saints raiders bills dolphins again so it it doesn't necessarily get much easier there's not a lot of easy wins on that schedule you know if they don't take care of business this week against the jets you know that they could be looking at at a long season but i honestly think they look better than they did last season through two games even though the results aren't there and they may not, you know, maybe they don't get to eight and nine this year, but they, they look more competent, especially. In they do. They do. I, I think the, the concern will be, are they going to be calling for Bill Belichick to be fired? You know, if they're below nine and eight, eight, and nine, it's going to take I seven mean, and 10. Will, will somebody, you know, will somebody on 
985 the sports hub will felger will oh of course felger. i know someone greg hagan's probably already <laughs> saying fire bill he's done you know but I, is, it, but well, seriously is robert Kraft is is he a little bit no he wanted unless the wheels fell all the way off you know if they're sitting there at three and 14 maybe but if they get you know do what they've done in most of these post post tom brady years which is you know dig a big bit of a hole get hot towards the end of the season and you know miss the playoffs or barely squeak in end up around eight nine nine and eight i think he comes back with with no issues i think bill is if you ask me i think bill wants to stick around long enough to to finally overtake and and get that all-time leading head coach victory mark which he's you know he's 30 wins behind Don Shula. So it's, it's going to be a tall task, but I, I would say Bill probably wants to coach at least three or four more seasons. I, I would agree. I, he's a big history guy. I think that's the one record he, he really wants to achieve. I, I'm going to go on a slight disappointment here with the green Bay Packers. You're, you're up 24 to 10 or 24 to 12, give up 13 points in the fourth quarter against the Atlanta Falcons. I think that's a little bit of a, you know, maybe, maybe a little bump on the road for Jordan Love. Not terrible. Then Cincinnati Bengals. That was a tough one against the, the Ravens. Raven looks, you know, Lamar Jackson looks good. I think that offense has a lot of potential. Zay Flowers is holy hell. Watch well, out. It's, it's a good seeg into our team of the week, but, but wrapping up the Bengals quickly. I mean, that was a game. Look, the Bengals are, you know, they, they went 0-2 last year and they were very close to still making the Super Bowl and winning that AFC championship game. So I, they shouldn't be counted out necessarily. But I would say to lose that game and then come out of it with with Burrow having re-aggravated that calf injury is definitely a bit a bit alarming. The, the good news for them is that they... There's no reason that they shouldn't win their next four games as long as Burrow is able to go out there and play at a decent level. They've got the Rams at home this week. They're at Tennessee, at Arizona, home for Seattle, and then a bye. You know, if they can even go three and one in those four games, they get into their bye, you would think Burrow can come out of that 100% for the rest of the season because it does get tougher at that point. But you know, I, I think the season is all is not lost. That was a tough one to lose in the manner that they lost it. But I think really the one that we're looking at as the 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 one that they should really be kicking themselves over is week one against the Browns because right. you know only the Browns defense is pretty good, but only scoring three points against them, letting you know Deshaun Watson look a lot better than he did last night on Monday Night Football. I mean, that, I think the Browns the who 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 what you know or what we thought they were. I mean, they were. Yeah. I mean, after last night, I mean, Chubb's knee, rest in peace and goodness. But team of the week, Baltimore Ravens. Let's just give you a brief summary of, of player stats. Lamar Jackson was 24-33, 237 yards, two touchdowns. He had 12 rushes for 54 yards. Top receiver. I'll admit, I didn't watch a lot of this game. My son had a game at 2.30. It ran over for like an hour and a half of soccer. So I only had Sunday ticket on my phone, YouTube TV, Chiefs, Jags. Nelson Aglahor had five catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown. He's back from the dead. He's, and you, you know, getting back to, you mentioned those Patriots receivers. 
being a little underwhelming. I think they really miss him. You know, he's, he's someone who people have sort of written off because he was a first round bust with the Eagles. You know, he was public enemy number one, had some Mm -hmm. really critical drops in Philly, but ever since he left, ever since he left Philly and was run out of town in Philly, he's been solid. He had a year with the Raiders and then the the Patriots for a couple of years. He's a, he's a solid, he's not a number one receiver by any means, but he's a, he's a solid number three receiver in the league. And he, he played really well, had a lot of important catches for the, the Ravens on Sunday. And, you know, they got, they got the job done. They, they were missing five starters on Sunday and to come up with a, a big division win to not only, you know, put, put the, the Bengals at Owen two, but to get a two game lead on them already. Plus, you know, the, the early tiebreaker, it's a huge win for them, and you can't say enough about uh, the job that John Harbaugh is doing in his 16th season. I think hiring Todd Munkin out of Georgia as the OC yep. has been a huge – that was a huge hire. He's been really good for them, and you even have seen the University of Georgia's offense look look pretty pedestrian without him. So I think that's a team to watch. Like you mentioned, Zay Flowers was maybe my favorite pick of the whole first round of the draft yeah. when it happened – he has not done anything to prove me wrong on that. He's he's a stud, and he's uh, giving. You got Mark Andrews, great tight end. Isaiah likely I like as a tight end number yeah. two. Yeah, Odell, uh, he's he's going to battle those injuries I think throughout the rest of his career. You got Bateman, you got Devin Duvernay. I probably destroyed that name, but Duvernay, uh, Duvernay, beloved um, UT. But yeah, Long Lamar's part. playing great. I think they're they're really just. There's they're close. I mean, I think on offense they they've just started to learn Munkin's offense, and I I think the sky's the limit this year. And I I think if that defense can hold up for for the entire season, I, I like them to go pretty far. If that defense, if that defense and that quarterback can stay healthy, oh, I think that's, that's a great point. The big caveat: we we got to get another healthy Lamar Jackson year here. Some point we, we're due for one, so let's hope. Let's hope he stays healthy. The the linebackers on that team have been really fun to watch. Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, you know, that that is a terrific, terrific set of linebackers. They they're really they're fun to watch. I, I I'm enjoying watching them. They have a pretty soft schedule here the next few weeks. They've got the Colts at Cleveland, at Pittsburgh, obviously always hard, but by that point they'll they'll be week five already done with half their division schedule, which is wow. and you know, all of their division road games, which is a big deal, especially in the AFC North, which we're we know in December if you have to play on the road in those places, it's very fun. So then after that they got Titans, Lions, Cardinals, Seahawks. So I think there's a real real chance you're looking at the the Ravens, you know, going into the second half of the season, sitting there at seven and two eight and one maybe even nine and yeah. oh yeah absolutely and now in honor of our friend hunter mcmillan the bum of the week and i i honestly don't want to spend a lot of time on this guy i think he's a joke deshaun watson i mean what what is he doing two face mask penalties he's throwing the ball should have been, been ejected too for right didn't contacting he, an official yes yes the, t- i there were numerous passes that were 10, 15 yards out of bounds, not even like catchable. I just, you know, it's, it's a real testament to, it was quite arrogant of the Browns to sit there and think that someone who hadn't played in 22 months was going to be the exact same guy, you know, as he was before. And obviously, you know, 
I, I feel bad for some of the guys on that team. I feel bad for Amari Cooper, who is having to make difficult catch after difficult catch. He deserves better. And, you know, I feel bad for Nick Chubb, obviously, but that doesn't have anything to do with Sean yeah, Watson. But yeah. it was a, it was a I mean, terrible performance. I like performance. Elijah Moore. I think Njoku's yeah. good, like the tight end. I'm, People's Jones, yeah. People's yeah, Jones is good, Yeah, I think they've too. got some tools. Their line's good enough, right? Like, I, he yeah. just looks like a fish out of water, like – the game is just passing them by. Like it's it, just it's, too. It's fast. really crazy. It's really crazy. Like that two-year absence just killed him because, you know, it'd be one thing if he was steadily declining before that two-year absence, but the the last year he had in in Houston that he actually played, you know, was sitting there thirty-three touchdowns, seven interceptions, forty-eight hundred yards, and a seventy percent completion percentage. Addition, you know, he well over five thousand yards total from scrimmage when you add running. I mean, honestly, like he's just lucky he didn't go to jail. That dude is just, you know, I mean, I don't want to get into that stuff, but like that, obviously. I'm not, I don't even go on that, that route, but that is our bum of the week. He can win bum of the week and scum of the week. Absolutely. Bum of the week is Deshaun Watson for the Cleveland Browns. After that, I don't even mediocre, epically bad performance. Thank you though. I got (laughs) 35 and a half points for the Steelers defense and won my game by four, four. So look at uh, you. I know I I went to bed and then I woke up this morning. I'm like, Oh my God, I won. It was yeah. insane. 35 and a half points by the Steelers <laughs> defense. Unheard. I would imagine, like I would week. imagine, I would imagine both teams defenses were probably their highest scoring uh, fantasy players last night. It was a, it was a rough game. Why we're doing two Monday night games, but Hey, we're going to be back at it next week. Upcoming. Let's get into it. Let's awesome. get into it. Here we go. We're going into watchable section Thursday night game. New York Giants at San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are favored by 10 and a half points. I'm going to add the over under at 45 as well. Just a, a little bit of a tweak there. All spreads and over unders are coming from DraftKings. Thanks, DraftKings Sportsbook. New York Giants 49ers. 49ers 10 and a half. What are your thoughts, Dave? You know, I honestly, I think I probably would have, even with no Saquon Barkley, now, you know, Brian Dable refuses to rule him out, but, you know, <laughs> he's not playing on Thursday. No that's, chance. That's just being, that's just being ga- gamesmanship or whatever. If, if the Giants had not come back and gotten that victory, you know, all the way from 28-7 down against the Cardinals on Sunday, I think I probably would have been tempted to take them even without Saquon Barkley to to go ahead and, and even even getting you know I'd take them getting ten and a half points but you know they got that win that they where they're not in a position where the season might be over if they lose on Thursday now with three two and O teams in the division I wouldn't advise losing but I think the Giants suck I, thought I that think they're terrible week, <laughs> I thought them that before week one I thought that after week one I think that after week two I do not think that they good and i think the night game now granted a night game in santa clara with san francisco traffic means that especially with west coast times means that the the stadium may not be filled until the third quarter but still when it will be over yeah i think the 49ers (laughs) are going to blow them i like them i like them even even giving 10 and yeah i i just daniel jones i 
Arizona Cardinals are in that unique position where they're going to look good for a half, but then they're going to realize, wait, we want Caleb Williams. Yep. Gannon's done a good job, I think, with the defense. For me, it was I, I was very close to picking the 49ers as my lock. Thursday night games can be weird. We know that. But typically, I mean, think about it, too. They're flying cross-country for a Thursday night game. Did they yep, stay yep, over yep. there in the West Coast after the Arizona I, game? I they believe might have, they right? did, actually. They, okay, I, I okay. Mean, there's no way they would be it doesn't change. Thursday. It doesn't change my thought. You know, I whatever. I, I don't. It, it actually doesn't matter. No, uh, no. McCaffrey, I think, is going to have a great game. I think Purdy, I, th- that that team is just so complete. I mean, they've got so much salary cap space. They're rolling it over to next year. And I'm like, how? Oh, because Purdy's getting like five dollars or you know for uh, you hit on you hit on a quarterback at pick 256 or whatever (laughs) it is and it it really does wonders for that salary cap youtube tv sunday ticket this is our must watch put it in your multi-view section i don't know what were your thoughts real quick on the week i thought there was some this week's not very good honestly and it was tough to pick to, to tier the these games any thoughts on just kind of this week dave briefly before we uh, go to- it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a strange week it's a bit of a, a game week, 17 a added slate. yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah i mean it's a it's a rough one there's not a ton of super promising fun games to watch just a because of the slate and then also just because of the way some teams have come out and shown really already that they're they're pretty pretty incompetent already the sunday night game looks terrible already pittsburgh oh, and the raiders the monday, monday night double header i you know it, philly and tampa could be fun but i don't think most teams think that the tampa's on that same plane are, are we getting honestly, closer to just playing on tuesday night now too like what are, i mean are, we're I, already flexing we're <laughs> already flexing games from sunday to thursday later this year so why not let's Let's just make let's make teams play Sunday and then Tuesday, whatever. Who cares? About I mean, I would watch. Unfortunately, I got nothing else to do. So, <laughs> so YouTube TV Sunday ticket: New Orleans Saints at Green Bay Packers. Packers are favored by two points. The over under is forty three and a half. Again, it's the Packers favored by two. I think this is a great defensive matchup with the Saints versus the Green Bay Packers offense. I do think. Derek Carr's played well to start the year. They're two and zero. Packers are one and one. Quick and, hits. And it's an interesting game. You know the 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 Saints coming off a short week where they played on the road in Carolina and then going on the road to Green mm. Bay. Um, you know it's kind of a, a funky little game. A weird little spread. I'm not not quite sure what to make of this game. I think. I don't, it doesn't seem like Vegas is either, you know, putting the Packers if mm-hmm. they're if they're at home and and only getting or giving two. That's, you know, that's that shows you it's it's basically a toss up game. I think maybe maybe this just comes down to the Saints are feel a little more comfortable with their season so far than the Packers. I honestly could see this one going up. Either way, I, I, a, I think a, it's a as close, obviously, as a pick them right with the two points for, for the Packers. I mean, I think it, it's going to be a close game. I do do favor the Saints on this one. 
Next game, Indianapolis Colts. And this is probably, I I didn't even think A. Rich, if he's out this weekend, then this could be bad news, Bears uh, game. But Indianapolis Colts at Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are favored by eight points. The over-under is 44. I like Baltimore, and I like the over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Gardner Minshew is a guy who, at the very least, can probably, he might he may he's going to be able to move the ball down the field i i would think but he's also probably going to turn the ball over multiple times i don't think this is going to be much of a matchup it would be pretty interesting from a stylistic standpoint if anthony richardson is able able to go but it certainly doesn't seem like he's going to be able to and if that's the case then i like the ravens all the way and i don't think this is a think this one might need to get downgraded. If, if uh, Anthony yeah, Richardson is. I don't even know what I was thinking, but looking at it now, I mean, that would just leave two games, right? In our Sunday ticket matchups, which is just kind of shows you the week. What are your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor? Do you think the Browns are going to try to trade for him? Be bold. I think it would. I think it, I think they will wait to see just what the prognosis is going to be on Chubb because if you know they have him under contract for next year yeah. added it's it's a high number for a running back i think it's 12 million or 11 million but it's certainly not out of outrageous for nick chubb at full strength you know it is, was the first game of the season so theoretically he has 11 12 months to get back yeah. if they think that it's the kind of inner injury that he can come back for i don't see them doing that if they think that it's something where you know he might not ever be the same guy then maybe they consider it, but I just don't think there's a deal there unless the Colts are willing to way, way, way off yeah. of their yeah. their rumored asking price. I think, you know, it's not like the Browns have are rich in draft picks because of the the Deshaun Watson no, trade. No, I mean, for, so. well, I guess each week we'll 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 hope that we'll free John Jonathan Taylor, Jim Irsay, let let him go. My I boy. think this is yeah. <laughs> He is in in jail. Oh, gosh, in Indianapolis right now. Los Angeles Chargers at Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are getting one point. The Chargers are favored by one. Over-under is 54. I think this is going to be a high-scoring matchup. I would pound the over. Right there uh, with you. We I, call I, this one the desperation ball. Both of these teams are, if you know, whoever loses this game is in. Trouble, I think if it's the Chargers, I think Brandon Staley probably gets fired next week if they lose. If if they win, then he he may stick around. Um, but both these teams are definitely in trouble. Again, you know, discussing the Bengals, it wasn't so much the Vikings lost to the Eagles on Thursday night. It was the, the loss to Tampa week one that really has them in a bad place. I thought the Vikings looked pretty good on Thursday if, I think they, they had three game. turnovers. I mean, if they four, limited, they, they fumbled four, the sorry, ball four. four they yeah. lost four fumbles, which a is just bad luck because you would expect, you know, to to recover about half of your own fumbles just by statistically right. that's what it should be. But also, if they had not, if they played a, a clean game turnover wise, if they don't have those four turnovers, they they beat the Eagles by fifteen points on Thursday. That was an unfortunate one, but I, you know, you can't necessarily come away feeling too discouraged if if you're them. That the Chargers can also sit there and feel like they should have won both games that they 
played this year. So I think this one's a, a really interesting game. You know, doesn't look at it on the the records side of things. But no, I think no. I think this is going to be probably the the most hard fought game this week because both teams know that zero and three might be a death sentence. Uh, I I think you hit hit it. Kirk Cousins is known for comebacks. I think the Vikings start out slow. Chargers have a decent defensive game plan. Then Justin Jefferson. And then a little more Justin Jefferson. And then a little Addison. And then a little Hawkinson. And then Cousins. And the Chargers lose in the fourth quarter again. Rest in peace, Brandon Staley. If so. See you later. I don't know <laughs> if Eckler will even be be healthy for this you know last week he I certainly think that that could that could definitely prove a to be true and that might really swing the game into a little more certainty so I definitely hope that Eckler's able to suit up Brandon Staley did not sound too confident but for that but I I want a good game and definitely it's not because Austin Eckler is on my fantasy team (laughs) do I want him to be able to suit up there and be 100% maybe 110% full Full strength and ready to go, and maybe a 200-yard rushing performance as well. But yeah, wow. that that could definitely be too much to handle for the Chargers. But they do have a lot of good receivers, and you know, Allen's Keenan Allen has a lot to handle. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the Chargers. They are favored by one point in Minnesota. Over under is 54. We we like hitting that button over all day long. Scott Hansen, red zone. Scotty, beam me up. Let's go. Show me every touchdown, baby. New England at New York Jets. New England's favored by three. The Jets are three-point underdogs. Over-under is 36 and a half. That's a close number. I'm going to take the under on that one. (laughs) Uh, You know, those are, these are two, two of the better defenses in the league, two of the best coach, defensive coaches in the league, two of the most mediocre quarterbacks in the league going against each other. You know, Jets uh, can at least say they banked that one win against the Bills, the Patriots really need a win or or this season starts to slip away for them. I think it's going to be a close game though. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think you're looking at like a 17-14 type of situation. I think it probably turns on a Zach Wilson turnover if I had to guess. That seems like the most likely thing to happen and I think the Patriots are able to win a squeaker. Yeah, I I think that 3 points though is tough, right? Because it could go one way or the other, or it could just push. Um, Especially was, in a, a low-scoring game. Yeah, yeah I, th- I, I, I think if it was two and a half, I'd be favoring the the Patriots. I don't know how to feel. We'll see later on in the week if that n- number gets pushed one way or the other towards the Jets or the Patriots. I think we need to stop talking about Aaron Rodgers coming back from Achilles injury in January because you know what? They're not making the freaking playoffs, man. Patriots, they're playing for something. I like the Patriots this week. That over-under is 36 and a half. Patriots are favored by three points in is it Met, at MetLife with, at New York Jets. Denver Broncos at Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are favored by six and a half. Over under is 48. That defense is pretty good in Denver. Miami's been a juggernaut so far offensively. 
boy, you know, if this game was at Mile High or whatever the hell, then Vesco Field and Field on it these <laughs> days, then I would honestly be tempted to take the Broncos right. You know, they need this one wow. as we covered earlier, but in Miami, I just do not think that that home field advantage, missing that home field advantage will 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 prove to be fatal for the Broncos. I do think they will hang around for two and a half, three quarters, and then I think the Dolphins are able to to pull away late. You know, Raheem Mostert had a really good game. He did. He's he's looking really good. He's, you know, the injury to Jeff Wilson and to Devin a chain, you know, has really opened up that him an opportunity for him to take that number one job firmly by the hand. I don't think that was their plan. I think they wanted to do running back by committee, but He's looked really good through two weeks, and I think that the Dolphins are able to pull away late behind him, and I, I do think they probably end up covering. I think so, too. I think th- I like the Dolphins here. That six and a half points the Dolphins are favored by. The only thing I could see that just happened a little bit this this past week is you're up 10 points. The Saints give up that touchdown late against the Panthers, right? And they're favored three and a half, the Saints were. So it's just, I think the Broncos will stay with them for two, two and a half quarters. I think that Miami Heat is going to be a factor as well. It's still hot in Florida, obviously. Over under 48, it's a good number. I'm leaning towards over. I think the Dolphins, uh, I'm not... I like the de- defense for Miami, but I, I think there are definitely some gaps where you're, you're able to move the ball up and down on them. I, I like the Dolphins as well. Next game is the Atlanta Falcons at Detroit Lions. The Lions are favored by three and a half. Over under is 46. I, to me, this is this feels like a game that should be one and a half, two and a half points for the Lions. I still think they're getting way too much respect. Personally, I, agree. I I like the Falcons here. I that you you taking them out right? Oh, I'm probably taking the points with the Falcons though. I think if they keep it close, I, the the problem is Ritter, but also then they you got Goff with the Lions. I I don't think that defense is as good. Like I said, the Chiefs I think struggled on offense. I think if Chris Jones and Kelsey were were healthy, like we talked about last week. The Chiefs win that game, no questions. Why? I think you know. I talked about this a little bit last week as well. I I think we might slowly but surely be getting to the point where it's time to consider the Falcons' defense might be kind of yeah, kind of good. That, you know, I was thinking about the, this past weekend when you said that they they look feisty, they look fast. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been impressed. I mean, they, they they have good they have good backs you know nobody has nobody would question AJ Terrell being a stud he has been since the, the day he was drafted they made a, some nice sneaky improvements on that D line and the linebacking core and they they look good and I, I mean especially with you know a, a defensive coordinator that is not necessarily heralded in Ryan Nielsen you know who was he was a co DC for the mm. Saints last year this is the first time being a, a a solo DC in the NFL. He's done a really impressive job so far. And I, I honestly think that this might be one of those games that ends up a lot lower scoring than expected because people, hmm. you know, see the Lions offense as high powered. But, you know, if Arthur Smith has his way, he's going to give you a steady dose 
of Tyler Algier, of Bijan Robinson, maybe some design runs with Desmond Ritter. So I, I think I think it's a low scoring game, and I might I might be tempted to to go ahead and take the Falcons outright. I, I would take the points with Atlanta. I don't think I would take them outright. The Lions are favored three and a half. I do like the over uh, 46. I think it's last week, the Packers, Falcons, they, they went over 46. So I, I, I see that similar score line for me. I do think the Falcons will be able to run the ball. I think the Lions will be able to move the ball up and down. I think it's going to be, that maybe could have been in the Sunday ticket. I think that'll be a great game. The question is, Desmond Ritter, is he going to have enough for for the Falcons? But it's bold. You, you might take him out right. But I, I do think they've been impressive defensively. So, so that should be a good game as well. Again, that's the Detroit Lions favored by three and a half over under is 46. It's nap time, sleepy time. Take your Z's, whatever you need. Do a little bit of backyard mowing, whatever. Houston Texans at Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are favored by eight and a half. Over under is 44. Woof. I don't think we need to talk about this game very much. I think the Jaguars are going to cover. They, they're certainly, I, I can't imagine that they're pleased with themselves after only scoring no. nine points against the Chiefs. They need this win. The Texans aren't very good. I think they cover easily. I think Trevor Lawrence has a big bounce back game. I do want to say, though, that our, the next game we have slotted in the sleepy time does not need to be in sleepy time. I think we yeah, put yeah, that one fine, in fine. Zone. Maybe it's just Bill, the Josh Bill, Allen effect for me, I guess. Bills at Commanders. That is, you know, a matchup of two good teams, one of which is 2-0 and oh, and the other should be. So You're right. You're right. Buffalo Bills at Washington Commanders. The Commanders are getting six and a half points. The Bills are favored in FedEx field at first six and a half points the bills are favored over under is 44 and a half i think i was kind of back and forth on this game the enemy i think is going to run the ball a lot you saw in week one the jets had success on the ground i I do think brian robinson antonio gibson are going to have big days again that defensive front is going to give josh allen help i do like buffalo I am very confident that Buffalo is going to win this game. I think that Washington has had two games where they are probably lucky they won each one. I know Arizona sucks, but they did, did not look too too good against Arizona either. They certainly pulled Sunday's game against Denver out of their ass. I think the Bills run away with this one. Some some rookie turnovers from Sam Howell. Yep. And I think I'm actually going to go ahead and preview this, but you'll be hearing about this game from me later on. (laughs) Can't wait. Tennessee Titans at Cleveland Browns. Browns are favored three and a half points. Over under is 40 and a half. How the heck are the Browns favored by three and a half after Tennessee beat the Chargers? Isn't wasn't last week Chargers at Titans and the Chargers were favored and they lost? Uh, well, is that, and then, is that what is that line? Is that line inclusive of Nick Chubb or let, let me not? see it updated now? I mean, that's what I had later on, earlier on today. I, I'm just, I mean, even last week, remember the Browns were favored in Pittsburgh. 
Browns and Lions it's, so far it's this three. season. It's three points now. It's half a point. down a little. Now, Browns and Lions both getting a little bit too much respect from Vegas every week so far this year. But we every week we've we've both been saying Snuffed that all out. year. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. The Browns aren't good. The Lions aren't good. I think the Titans win this game outright. I do too. I agree. I think Tannehill does enough. I think Derrick Henry. I like. We've talked about that defense was variable. Watson's just not comfortable in the pocket. Next game, Chicago Bears at Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by 13 points. Over-under is 48. I'd take the over all day long. I don't don't know if I'd take the over just because I'm not confident (laughs) that even if the Chiefs Chiefs put up 35 points that the the Bears are going to score 13. I don't know about that. Am I crazy to think that, like, this 13-point line, right, like for the Chiefs are favored, I think they're going to dominate, do whatever, but somehow, some way, Justin Fields and them score a freaking touchdown, you know, the last two minutes before it, the game is over and they cover. 13 is aggressive, and you do, you do not see NFL lines, especially in week three, this high for that reason. You know, there's just too much talent there, and – you know, especially if the Chiefs, you know, blow the doors off them in the first half, you can yeah. see Andy Reid taking the, the the foot off the the gas, and the Bears sort of, you know, especially if you're in a prevent defense, a fast quarterback like Fields is not that fun to chase. I think I'm I'm with you. I think it's maybe you know, I I think it's I think they probably cover, but but very very by a slim margin. I think margin. you're watching can, the whole game and being like. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, what did I do? That, yes, no, ah, just that's that's a big stay away if it, for me. It is. That game it is, is a big stay I, away. I do like the Chiefs big, but the Chiefs have shown even last year that they have a hard time covering the spread, which is fine. We win games, but sometimes yeah. they keep it too close for comfort. Obviously, have you Patrick Mahomes? Um, in honor of Hunter, we've got Hunter's bum rush. This is probably where Texans Jags should have been. But Carolina Panthers at Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are five and a half point favorites. Over-under is 42 and a half. Bryce Young looks like mini me in an NFL he's a, jersey. He's a, little, he's a little guy and he's playing, you know, he's playing like someone who is, he's about the same size as Russell Wilson, but he's playing like someone who is, multiple years younger than Russell Wilson was when he came into the league. Mm-hmm. He's had a lot more experience, you know, was, was much older and, and more developed as a player. You know, the, the Panthers played a, have played a little better than I expected so far. Overall, they're a little more competent than I thought. You know, they're not good, but I expected no. them to be atrocious. And I, I can see them picking off a few wins this year, you know, a few more maybe than expected, but I think Seattle wins this, especially. Yeah. You know, especially with that in Seattle. with that game going in Seattle, I, I don't think they have any trouble covering a five and a half point. I, I think they righted the ship a little bit last week against the Lions, kind of got a little bit of their mojo back. You know, Geno Smith seems to be getting more comfortable again. You, you've got Kenneth Walker, right? He had two touchdowns last weekend. I, I think they're going to get him early and often involved in that offense this week. I like the Seahawks as well. Dallas Cowboys at Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are 
12 points. I how are See the Chiefs Bears is 13. This game's 12. Shouldn't this be like 15-16 for the it's Cowboys to be favored? I think I think that the Bears have looked worse than the Cardinals. The Cardinals hmm. have looked like they are relatively confident competent for a half and then they seem to sort of be like okay let's make sure that we lose this game uh, at least that's what it seems like maybe the play calling gets a little more conservative maybe they whatever you know i i think the cardinals have looked better than the bears so far so i i and especially i think you also see the bears are playing in kansas city dallas is playing true, in true. phoenix or glendale which granted will be mostly cowboys fans but regardless, I mean, I could see the Cardinals, you know, going into the half feeling like they're it's close, maybe a six point game, and then the Cowboys pulling away late. But yeah, I don't, I don't think this is going to be occupying too much of America's no, no, attention no. this this Sunday. And the over under is forty three and a half. Mm-hmm. I'd probably take the under on that. Uh, again, the Cowboys are favored by twelve in Arizona. Sunday night game. Get ready for early night, Dave. Pittsburgh Steelers at Las Vegas Raiders. Steelers are favored by one in Vegas. Over under is 44. Kenny Pickett, Matt Canada, offensive coordinator. That not Najee Harris looked like Trent Richardson to you. I, that's not <laughs> that's not fair. He's not that fat and slow, but he certainly <laughs> does seem to be one of those. Bama guys where they maybe got they they squeezed every ounce that he they had did. of him out before he came into the league. I mean, Pickens um, had a great catch and run for about 70 yards, right? 70, 70 plus yeah. um yard. I Pickett Pickett looks rough, man. I this game I haven't seen much of the Raiders. I mean, Josh Jacobs had minus two rushing yards against the Bills last weekend. Like minus two yards it's not I mean, what i would call good it's you know not that good was, football. That was... i mean chris chris and mike are probably gonna have to fill some time with something i maybe talk about chris's son jacks calling the notre dame game i don't know maybe <laughs> that is a brutal brutal broadcast who do you like Jack in this Colin game Honestly, this is a weird one for me. This is just a real weird game between two real weird teams, neither of whom I think are very good. I'm going to probably on this one, I'm leaning towards the Raiders on this one. The home team advantage, you know, Sunday night, you got a few hours, you know, to drink all day in, in Vegas before you go out. I do think that was a pretty embarrassing performance by the Raiders on Sunday and, you know, short week turnaround flying across the country for Pittsburgh. I, I think the Raiders are going to win this one. I don't, you know, I don't plan to pay very much attention to it. No, to be perfectly no, honest with I you. I would probably be but on in the background. I might be doing some as long as, as long as Devontae Adams is able to play, which uh, it doesn't sound like they're too worried about him being in the concussion protocol, then oh, that's the Raiders good. win this one easy. And that's the Steelers are favored by one in Vegas over under is 44 Monday night. We have a double header again. I don't know how it's a double header when you start at seven and eight. I do got to say, I I've really starting to enjoy Joe and Troy uh, a, a lot uh, that my, oh, the, the quality of the did a great job so by much. bringing them on. I think they're, yeah. they might be the best team in, in, in the NFL calling games. Honestly, I, well, I think certainly Troy with just Romo doesn't care. Right? Yeah. 
Troy's, Troy's, yeah. I mean, I, I just think you can tell they've been doing it together at this point of all the, the main teams now. They're by far the most experienced working together. They've been doing this since 2000. Yeah. You know, they they know each other in and out. And I, I think Troy has just continued to improve as a, as a color commentator every year. He's he's willing to be extremely critical. He he definitely does his homework. He's still very attuned to what's going on in the league. And they definitely make it a lot more. And I, I find myself watching a lot more Monday Night Football than I did uh, before they got Joe and Troy. And I'm glad they didn't show that replay of Chubb. I mean, what oh, is Aikman you. on his fifth wife? So, you know, he's just in that research mode right oh, now. With hey, these. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. He anyway, um, the first game wife. of the night, <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are getting five and a half. The over under is 46. Philly is favored five and a half points in Tampa. This, this is a sneaky good game. It is, you know, in Tampa, I think, I think this could be a lot closer than people think. I don't necessarily think Tampa wins outright, but I'm going to say, I I think I like them getting five and a half. I, I think I'm, I'm taking them getting, getting five and a half in this game. You know, I, Eagles continue to not look impressive that much. Tampa has a great defense. Hertz has not looked nearly as good this year as he did last year. Now, maybe that's just noise and small sample size, but I honestly think you could do worse than continuing to pick against Philly covering uh, week after week. I, I, it's tough. I, I do agree. I think the Bucks. I like him keeping it close. Are we going to have that Baker Mayfield game, that offensive line struggle with that defensive front with the Philadelphia Eagles? To counter that, I do like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin to have big games. I don't rate the secondary of the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that's going to be a storyline that we're going to be talking about a lot this year. They might. You know, be- I've 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 been saying all year. You know, I don't. I their their secondary has been extremely overrated. They all the same guys back, but that didn't. Not really move the needle to me. Darius Slay is pretty good, but can be beat. James Bradbury had a good year last year, but doesn't have that long track record. He was hurt last week. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm pretty sure he will be playing this Monday. But um, you know, it, underrated or not getting a ton of, of attention is Avante Maddox for the Eagles. Taurus pick on Thursday Night Football, and he's done for the year. So he was wow. arguably their best corner last year in the slot there. So. That's big. Who knows? I, I would assume they maybe move Bradbury inside, but regardless, that depth is is taking a hit for them. I, like, so. I, I bet they're probably pretty aggressive, maybe during the trade deadline, maybe to get someone in. Uh, I mean, that Philadelphia Bulldogs defense, like like what I did there with the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I I I would probably take the Buccaneers. I think they can keep it close. My fear is just Baker Mayfield game. Is he going to have one of those just games where he is just terrible i would like to see them try to run the ball a little bit more get mike evans involved chris godwin have a little bit of play action i think it'll be interesting to see how that buccaneers defense does handle hurts in, in, in the offense you got aj brown Devontae Smith. it'll be a great game both teams are two and oh next game final game on monday night is the los angeles rams at cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are favored by two over under is 44. I think this game is just 
it, it's a pick em because of what's what, what's Burris, Burrow's status right now. It's up in the air. I mean, he did not look good the last second to last play of the game. Yeah, I mean, it's possible it just comes down to maybe that extra day before Monday Night Football is enough to get him out there. If he plays and is close to 100%, then I like the Bengals covering that that very easily. But if he doesn't, then I, I, I honestly think the Rams probably win this one. This is one of those ones where I would stay the hell away from that. Yeah, and- I, I have no idea what to think about this game, to be honest. I do like how the Rams are playing. I don't like what Cincinnati's doing right now. Their defense has been fine. I think their offensive line is, I mean, Orlando Brown, I I kept, jeez, last year just struggle with him. I mean, he was fine, but. I do think, to me, to me, the Bengals still being favored, even if it is only a couple points, re- reflects to me that Vegas l- thinks he's more likely to play than not play. because the alternative is Jake Browning, who has never completed a pass in his entire NFL career, yeah. so. I can't imagine that if they were really thinking Burroughs definitely not playing, then then they would still be giving a couple points there. And, and, um, and as of Tuesday night, right now, when we're doing this podcast, the the needle has moved a little bit towards the Rams. The money has. It's it's one and a half now. So it, we'll see. It, buckle so, up. Once again, be a, interesting. A stay the hell away game. Yeah, I, I agree. Over-under is 44. Bengals are favored by two, one and a half now in Cincinnati. Lee Corso, locks of the week. Dave is 0-1-1. Last week he had New Orleans. That was a push. The Panthers get scored that touchdown late when the New Orleans Saints were, were, were favored by three. I, I thought they were going to pull it off. I picked the Chiefs last week. They were to cover two and a half points, and they did against the Jags. I am 2-0 and on the season for the Corso Locks of the Week. Dave is 0-1-1. Dave, would you like to go first, loser? Well, I, I, I teased this earlier. I'm taking the Bills. I don't think the Commanders are... A true two and O team. I think they've gotten lucky with matchups and some 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 solid luck and some decent defense. I think the Bills are going to shut down Gibson and Robinson much the same way they limited to Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs to negative yardage, who's a much better running back. So I think that the the Bills pull away and win this one by probably multiple touchdowns. I think they beat the Commanders. I think they easily cover that six and a half points. Um, and that and is the Buffalo the Bills. Buffalo Bills favored by six and a half in Washington. I'm going to go all the way out to the Northwest Seattle Seahawks. They are favored by five and a half over the Carolina Panthers. I think the, what is it? Quest field now is going to be rocking up in Seattle. I think that offense is Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Jackson Smith and Jobby, but I really, Kenneth Walker, I like, I think they're going to be firing on all cylinders. That defense, you see that weird Derek Brown little clip with Michael, with Thomas at the end of the game last night too. That's weird. But anyway, Seattle five and a half. I like that. I think that's going to be a great game, but I do think Seattle wins by 10 plus points. Bryce Young is still, it's still young in his career, but he is struggling. I think that offense 
lacks a lot of weapons uh, for Carolina. I, I'm going to take Seattle um, for our league course. So locks of the week. Dave has Buffalo Bills favored by six and a half in Washington. Matt has Seattle by five and a half in Seattle against the Carolina Panthers. On to our week three picks. Last week, we picked between the Minnesota Vikings, Philadelphia Eagles game, Baltimore Ravens, Bengals, Jets, Cowboys, Chiefs, Jags, 49ers, Rams. Week two, I was 4-0-1. Dave was 2-2-1. On the year so far, we're 6-4-1, both of us. Good job by you, Dave and Matt. This week, first matchup, New Orleans at Green Bay Packers. We talked about it a little bit before. I'm going to take New Orleans plus two in Green Bay. I think the the Packers get a late touchdown to uh, grab the victory at Lambeau. I'm going to take the Packers. I like that Saints defense. I think Jordan Love's going to have a little bit of a bump in the road this week in Green Bay. Again, I'll take New Orleans plus two. Denver Broncos at Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are favored by six and a half. Dave, who do you got? I got the Dolphins on this one. You know, I think they're they're able to uh, just pull away, and the, the the Broncos offense can't keep up with them. I I think the Dolphins win this one relatively handily. Like we talked about earlier, I think the game's close for two quarters. I think that Florida Heat that that Miami defense is going to be good enough. That offense though is just going to keep Denver on the field. The speed with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I'm going to take Miami six and a half points as well. Buffalo Bills at Washington Commanders. Bills are favored by six and a half. I think we already know where Dave's leaning. He's he's taking the Bills, Matt. That's right. That's right. Dave is <laughs> taking the Bills. Well, guess who Matt is taking? The Buffalo Bills as well. Six and a half points. It seems like a letdown in Washington this week, as well as they've started 2-0. I like Josh Allen, that defense, after last week. Tennessee Titans at Cleveland Browns. Browns are favored by three and a half. Dave. I'm taking the Titans on this one. I think we're both pretty low on those Cleveland Browns. I think the Titans are able to march into Cleveland get a big victory. I don't I don't think the Browns uh, I think the Browns are are getting way too much credit from Vegas so far this year. Hopefully we start to correct that over the remainder of the season. I agree there's going to be that course correction at some point soon, right? Where the Browns last week favored in Pittsburgh, favored again against I believe a better superior Tennessee Titans team. Deshaun Watson a mess. Chubb is out for the rest of the year. I think that's going to have some effects. I don't think that defense is as good. Miles Garrett, don't get me wrong, one of the best players in the league, but I'm going to take the Titans as well with the points three and a half. Again, that is Tennessee Titans at Cleveland Browns. Browns are favored by three and a half. Dave and Matt both take the Titans. Final game, Pittsburgh Steelers at Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are getting one point. I think we know where both of us are leaning. We are both leaning towards the Raiders. 
Smash that button. Take the Raiders and the points. Again, it's Raiders are getting one. Steelers are favored by one in Vegas. Any other quick comments, Dave, before week three comes? Not really, my friend. Let's hope that nobody explodes their leg this week. I've seen one for the season, and that is more than enough. I hope I do not ever have to see an injury like Nick Chubbs again. T's and P's to him. I hope everybody stays healthy this week. You know, no major injuries for sure. We're excited next week. We'll be back with our picks, our Lee Corso locks of the week, our watchable section. Dave? It's always been good, but not that always good. Always a pleasure, my friend. Not that much of a pleasure, but it's a pleasure. <laughs> Happy All football, right, football everyone. fans. We'll see you next week.